Hi, I'm Dr. Sav Cohen-Hatton. I'm a neuroscientist specialising in animal and human learning mechanisms. I'm Jamie Penrith. I specialise in canine predatory behaviour and I'm a former police dog handler. And I'm Danny Wells. I'm a dog trainer that specialises in unwanted and dangerous behaviour. Every week we sit down to talk about the latest research in canine science. And even more importantly than that, how you can apply it to your own dogs to get to know them even better. Welcome to the Dog Scholar. Right, I have a question. Go on, far away, what we got? Could your dog recognise your face? Mm. Not the rest of you. <laughs> Would you just like just, just your face? Yeah. Yeah. I reckon so. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon so. Good. Without scent, without sound, yeah. just visually your face from a picture. Well, they'd look disappointed. Yeah. I think I think I'd put my money on the fact they'd look disappointed if you showed it. That, I mean, we both. Back. He's you know, still alive. Yeah. I've um, we've all like been on holiday and come back and seen the the second our dog sees us, they get a little wag on. The I think they recognise us. Yeah. 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 But do you reckon they would do that even if you had like a balaclava on? Well, no, I wouldn't recognise my face with a balaclava. What about it's a, <laughs> a photograph of your face that's just on a stick yeah. that like an old Vic yeah. Reeves gag that yeah. just went, went past the sort of like kennel yeah. to see if you don't genuinely think, yeah. oof. Or, um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give Jamie a mask of my face. <laughs> yeah, see what happens. Yeah. See if I can see yeah. if I can. That'd be a risky game. Especially with Logan. I think we should do that, you know. I think we should do that. Quite interested Maybe. to see what happens. Yeah. Really. Not with Logan. We might have to do something about the height differentials. if you're we the same height, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd like yeah, to say, yeah, he's taller. Because I'm like about oh, yeah, we need five to, foot shorter yeah. than yeah. the rest of you. Yeah, yeah. Just kneel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to sit on my ass to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We do that thing where you kneel in a pair of stilettos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like on Halloween where yeah. you try and dress up as something stupid and you go down on yeah. your... Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that just me? And what? Anyway, no, never mind. <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful world of Dr. Sabrina. <laughs> it's nuts, but it's always fun. <laughs> well, look, you might wonder why on earth that matters. When is your dog actually going to need to pick out your face in a lineup? Well, Sabby just wrapped like, my mind. Well, I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It, wa it definitely wasn't yeah, him. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's not like they're sharing their holiday snaps with their doggy friends. Is it? No. So, oh, this is mine. This yeah. one's mine. That, right. that human, I'm not so fussed on but they're always hanging around do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. you might wonder why they care well it is an important question because faces convey a lot of information they convey social information they convey identity they convey emotion which is important for how dogs are going to communicate because, and attraction and, mm. and attraction yep and attraction well for some yeah. but, <laughs> but it depends doesn't it because they're looking at how you're intending to communicate which gives them an idea of how to respond. So faces are actually super important and dogs are incredible communicators. We know that across species with humans, they're great at reading our interactions. Now, uh, it's so important that we've got a distinct part in our brain for processing faces. It's like a little face chip. Unbelievable. I am. Um, I watched it. Um, there's a, a documentary called Brain Games that talks to you how your brain tricks you into certain things and how it works and how it's evolved. And they said that our brains have, have evolved to actually make faces where faces don't even exist. And they've done this thing like where... Clouds and stuff yeah, like Jesus that. Jesus toast. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've done this thing where, and, 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 and the viewers at home, myself, I, I, we felt, I felt for it as well. They went like, so pick out these faces, such and such. And then they changed this colour. 
and it was a head, but there wasn't a face there. Your brain had just put a face there because it assumed that there should be a face there. It was unbelievable. Yeah. The brain games, it's on um, It's on Netflix. It's brilliant. Yeah. There's like 24 episodes in each season and every one of them not blows as your brain. <laughs> yeah. Not as brilliant as The Dog Scholar, though. So do watch on and make sure you click and subscribe. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but no, that this piece of the brain allows us to recognise faces instantly, which is why you get that yeah. uh, that that instant recognition yeah, as yeah. you describe. Uh, and we actually process faces in three distinct stages. The first one is a, your first order processing, so it's like a general organisation of the face. It's like, oh yeah, two eyes, nose, mouth, yeah. face, got it. And the next is a very holistic one. So you're processing the facial features that you're seeing and putting them into an image. So, you know, you're kind of like, okay, got those bits. Yep, it's a face. And then finally, you're analysing parts of the face and you're comparing that to other people you know. So you're looking at like the distance between the eyes, for example, and how big the forehead is. And you're comparing that to all of the other faces that you've got stored in your brain, which allows you to form an accurate representation of the face and to recognise it. All I've got going through my head when you say, when you talk, don't get me wrong, I'm listening. But <laughs> as soon as someone says that, they're not. If you, ha if you have to say yeah. you're listening, you're definitely not. As soon as someone says with respect, but... There's a wonder how many miles away the nearest McDonald's <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I've got going through my head is that, that, Im that image from Terminator when he walks into the bar to steal the bike and yeah, the boot, and he's going, yeah, yeah. Scan, it's yeah, scanning, yeah. and it's like whether you're an enemy or a friend, and like when you're saying that, you know, it's a face, it's a feature, da, 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 and that's, that's and, and essentially yeah. that's what, you know, that's they may well yeah. have had a neuroscientist working with Arnie. Who yeah, knows? Indeed, Who indeed. Knows? Well, that's always been the case, as we've known Rang. for people. <laughs> a little Arnie noise there for you. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. That's quite cute. I thought it was, I thought it was um, Yoda. Yoda? Yeah. No. Do it again. I can't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Get down! <laughs> oh, yeah, that was definitely Arnie. Yeah. I got that one. <laughs> but we've known that's the case in humans and in primates, but as for all other species, we just thought they process faces like everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. When you think about it, you know, you originally, I don't, or like ten minutes ago, I'd have just thought, mm, don't know, don't know, probably not. But now, when I think about it, and I think, well, of course, yeah. of course, you can recognise somebody's face. I, I, I would think, of course, yeah. you can. You wouldn't even think about it if, if no, we no. were talking about no, no people. I mean, our like arms that. are very different, but it would be quite difficult. I mean, other than Danny's tattoos, because you'd recognise them. But I mean, if you put you know five people's arms and the next scars. to each other and the scars, yeah. yeah, if you put five people's arms next to each other, you wouldn't go. Sab, Will. No, he wouldn't. Well, you might between me and Will because like... I would if there was the three of us together. I'm tiny. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that would be obvious because yeah. one would be yours, one would be mine. Yeah, yeah. If you had like 150 yeah, arms, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. think that one's... <laughs> Same with penises. You could tell... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you could tell by the degree of orange, but I was certainly only referring yeah, to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> hey, what a weird thing it would be if that particular part of your brain was damaged. And you were just walking around in a world where no faces were forming. Well, that happens. Does actually. it really? Yeah. Oh my God, what a weird world to live in. Yeah, people can experience prosopagnosia when they can't recognise somebody's face. Oh, that'd yeah. be a scary world to live in, that wouldn't it? It would be. It that'd would be. be a disturbed world. How I couldn't even you, begin to you, picture what it would be. Where would your trust go yeah. or anything yeah. like that? You know, you really would. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was a there's a brilliant book by uh, a neurologist called Oliver Sacks called The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. And he writes this lovely story in there. Well, it was lovely to read. It wouldn't have been lovely to be there. But this guy was in his consulting room and he literally thought his wife's face was a hat. 
Yeah. He was trying to pick the hat up. I still don't see the lovely. Face. What's lovely about the story? It was well written. Oh, re- oh really? Yeah. So the, like so, so the grammar was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. But in dogs, it was always assumed that with face recognition, it was based solely on associative mechanisms. So the dog has made a link between the face and a meaningful outcome, like getting fed. So it's like, oh, I know Jamie, Jamie's the dispenser of food. Yeah. You know, so that was that was the thinking, rather than it being a distinct face processing uh, area. Isn't They're- all, sorry, Sab, isn't all facial recognition some form of associative learning? I associate the, this is my father and this is my mother. Is, is, is it not all, like, well, based you, around you that? You might have associations. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just trying to get a bit of clarity Verb, before we move on. Well, you, you would behavior. have associations yeah, yeah. between those people, but recognising the face specifically, we're processing it differently. Okay. okay. Actually, we talked about prosopagnosia. Do you, did you know that there are people who can't recognise animal faces either? No. Yeah, it's called animal face agnosia. Or they've generally got ugly partners. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's easier to see in 3D than 2D, right? And there are human studies that compared how well people could recognise 3D and 2D faces. And it found that 3D provided much more accurate recognition. So um, we know that in 3D, stereoscopic effects were important you know that kind of effect that you have you get richer information you get greater depth you get greater visual details and it makes it easier to process now most people assume dogs can see faces but we need to ground whether they see them differently even in 2d so are they scanning and seeing it's really important not to assume sab most people me myself and probably you included would would surmise that your dog recognises you anyway. What 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 what's what's the big deal? Can can dogs like recognise faces with without like the, the the scent that goes with it or the actual kind of functionality, the interaction? What what's the science saying? Well it's a really good question because that helps us to understand whether there is something happening in their brains that's different about faces rather than, you know, kind of like recognizing something as a whole. Um I found one study that looked at whether dogs could recognise faces in 2D as well as 3D, mm-hmm. right? So that's important because in 2D, one, we know it's not as detailed anyway, uh, but also then there's not the kind of same things with smell and the sound of someone. So it's different. And, you know, you haven't got the image of their entire body there as well. It's literally just the features of the face. Now, in this one study, they had took 60 dogs and they separated the dogs from their owners. Um, and they put them in a room and to get back to their owners, they had to choose between one of two doors. And they put their owner's face above one door, uh, a picture of their owner's face above one door, and they put a picture of a stranger's face above the other door. And they looked to, they left the dogs then to go and approach them to see which one they were going to go to. What they found was dogs more often than not could recognize their owner's face and would choose the door with their owner's face on it. And what they found was dogs more often than not could recognise their owner's photo. They would choose the one really? the owner's photo. Yeah. And in fact, the male dogs were better. That's mad. Interestingly. Mad. Yeah, I was surprised at that. To make sure that it was definitely the face, they did try a control condition as well, where the photo had really bad lighting and it was difficult to kind of recognise the face. It was difficult to discriminate, you know, like a really bad photo. We are like, oh, is that so-and-so? Um, and they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it okay. with that one, but they did when it was a clear photograph of the owner. What this showed was that motion and 3D weren't 
necessary for the dogs to recognize the face. It was really interesting. And there was another study that I found that where dogs made socially appropriate responses to a life-size dog painting. So they'd spend more time sniffing specific body parts, for example, as if it was a real one. So the dogs were going mm. to the groin and the tail and the ear yeah. of the painting. So, you know, there's definitely other examples of dogs recognizing things in, th mm. in 2D rather than 3D, but they could definitely recognize their owner's face mm. in 2D. I've got, I've got something funny to tell you. Have you? Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe you have done this, but when? have you ever just witnessed your dog the first time in front of a mirror? Yeah, Luther so wanted to fight the, yeah, himself. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to get at. I think I've run my own study. Um, I have, Logan and and Wade the Mallies, they 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 live downstairs, but we let um we let little Lenny the Terrier, um, me bully breed Ralph and Flint upstairs, and in my room the whole wall is one big mirrored uh, wardrobe, and um, well the smaller wall, it's not a massive wall, and um, when Ralph's first seeing his reflection. He braced, he braced up like he normally would, like a big bulldog. Who's this? Who's that? And then like went in, had a sniff and pissed off. So obviously he's gone, oh, well, that's not a dog. It doesn't smell like a dog. Lenny walks past, <laughs> looked at himself, jumped in the air like, what the hell was that? And then started play bowing to it. Flint is the most aloof dog in the world. So it was all in line with their individual characteristics. Flint went like that and went... Just ignored mm, it like nothing ever happened. Like, yeah, like yeah. not like nothing happened. So my point was, you've just done it as well. The way our dogs naturally wear the things that we've had to work through, that's how they react when they've seen their own reflections. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a couple of photographs of um, of Sherlock on my social media, two with the mirror, and it, it's just, you just think you absolute self-loving, yeah, posing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in one of them, he sat, sat on a chair, took him to a hotel. It was, it was, well, I didn't yeah. take him to a hotel. It wasn't like a sneaky weekend that we had. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I decided that he could I'd see. i take Luther away yeah. to hotel. I decided that I'd let him see that beyond the confines weird. of the box that I keep him in. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> and then we're in the hotel and he sat on the chair, like I'm getting ready to go out, whatever. I just took a picture of him and he's just looking at himself, yeah. really but, sort of like posing. And he do that with the head, yeah. don't he? Like and Jonas. Then, yeah. And then there's, there's another one in my bedroom and he's just, it's, it's like you say, it's a length wardrobe mirror. And he's just like that, paws crossed, sort of like looking at himself. And I looked at him, I thought, oh, I you know, he stayed there when I took the picture. I just thought, you posing little... Did you ever love that? I love like a French girl. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I love? I love this. When they're looking at themselves for a while, they do this, then they go... Yeah, <laughs> look in the air. They're funny. <laughs> like a yeah. next catalogue. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love Paint it. me like love one it. of your French girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. exactly that. Hilarious. It was good, but no, this study was fab. I mean, you know, facial emotions are really important ways that dogs cue their behaviour. You know, mm -hmm. it's how they read us, it's how they know how to respond. You know, they could just do it. Visually. I was going to add how, how amazing that is when you think that. How we interact with each other, the complexity of how many facial expressions we're able to deliver. Generally yeah. disappointment. Yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Shame and disappointment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 why, why, why haven't I got two bloody neuroscientists sat opposite me? It's probably what, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never disappoint. You never disappoint. The only time I ever get disappointed with you is when you leave. Oh well, oh, that's nice enough. Yeah, there you go. It's bullshit. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the complexities in in how we deliver information through our expression is unbelievable. Dogs have a very basic level of that. So the fact that they can read the complexity of our information 
Know when you when you oh he's a bit pissed off you know they're they're a bit happy do you know what I mean it's it's quite it's quite phenomenal really isn't it's it incredible and and again their brains have evolved for them to succeed in human social groups yeah yeah you know the entire it's just incredible that a species has evolved to be successful with us it's, yeah, with another species, we are yeah. such an integral part of yeah. dogs their brain architecture their development their world so special and actually it's a really privileged place for us mm. and i think that it's incumbent on us to make sure that they're set up to succeed in that world all that sophisticated friggin neurostructure going on mm. am i still shitting on your rug mm, <laughs> no <laughs> I trained mine. <laughs> <laughs> if you want any help in training yeah, your dog yeah. not to foul on your yeah, car, yeah. don't go to yeah, a leash. Yeah. I'm yeah. all about it. That was, so that was actually, just an anecdote. My dogs don't either. <laughs> I wonder then, when we go on holiday and leave our dogs in kennels, maybe we should give them photos or frame photos of ourselves. Yeah, that'd be a good yeah. way to increase separation anxiety. So. <laughs> 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 I might do that. I might do that. So when it doesn't move, when he's staring at it, he realises just how little I care for it. <laughs> I've put him in there for six months, <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> I might try. I might put little photos up in the dog's crates. Yeah, see what yeah. you do. Like the inside of a locker. Yeah. <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, I think if they don't be of me. Just, yeah. just get chewed up. Yeah, yeah. My, anything, anything in there with with like anything of any any high drive arousal dogs getting chewed up. Yeah. At Halloween, do all of your dogs just stand in the supermarket staring at the pumpkin aisle? I've got, I've got one. Hey. I've, got, I've got a pumpkin. She's got one too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I've got a pumpkin. So that's Andy. I've got a spud. Yeah. <laughs> Difference between the two of us is someone likes that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> One's better in a pie. Yeah, yeah. Sab, there's something clearly special going on with dogs and faces. But any, is there anything particularly special going on in their brains, or is it just down to their basic associative learning mechanisms? Mm. What's going on? Now, if it was just a link with food, when a dog looks at your face, you'd expect to see areas in the brain lighting up that are linked with rewards rather than a, a kind of specific region associated with processing a face or how you process things that you see mm. even. One brain scanning study looked at this and basically dogs were shown movie clips of either things like faces or other things like toys or objects or even scrambled objects. So it's just stuff to kind of process with faces whilst they were having their brain scanned. And they found activity in a specific part of the brain called the temporal cortex, which is on your right side of the brain. And this was a different place to the primary visual cortex, which is the bit where you're, you're, you're kind of processing things that you see. Now, if faces were processed in the same way that you process everything else you see, that's the bit that you'd expect to see activity in. But it wasn't. It was the temporal cortex that they, they found it in. So dogs don't just process faces like lines and shadows and every other visual input like they were with the other things that they were seeing. Rather, they're processing it as a distinct face so, in a separate part of the brain. So what you're saying is the same parts of the brain are lighting up that would with people? Yeah. 
It, wow. Just like people. Now, previously, we only thought it was people and primates that could do that. This is the first evidence that it's dogs as well. Wow. You know, now, part of me thinks, okay, okay, don't get too excited, which is pretty difficult because I always get excited about stuff like this. But, you know, it might be that other animals can do this as well. And we just, you know, we haven't put canaries in brain scanners yet. So we don't mm. know. So, we you know. We put them in uh, headlamps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor old canaries. That wasn't a sort of like a, a choice decision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting there, pal. And if you die, I'm coming out. I yeah. Know. Yeah, I know. oh no, they were in them, weren't they? Yeah, they were in the things. Things. yeah that was to- uh, yeah. candles that were on there. Yeah, but you know, do you know what I mean? It could be other animals as well, and we just haven't run that science yet. But for me, the fact that dogs can do this as well, I just think honestly, it it blows my mind. Yeah, blows my mind. No matter what you're doing, I mean, it's something that we always say as dog trainers, but now obviously it's quantified, isn't it? Your dog is literally always reading you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's no surprise, is it, that they are exemplary. I mean, it just shows, doesn't it, how socially intelligent dogs are and how they've got the kind of neural machinery in their brains to do that. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we've been instrumental in that, haven't we? It, but by, you know, selectively breeding the ones that we want for specific tasks. Yeah. But ultimately, mm-hmm. to to be companions of, in in terms of not just companionship, but working with mm-hmm. with us and for us and stuff like that. So it would it would stand up, wouldn't it? That mm-hmm. it would make sense yeah. for the dog's brain to develop or for the dog to develop skills to be able to yeah. you know recognize and to be able to communicate better. Otherwise you're you know yeah. You're not going to yeah. be much use. You're not going to you're not going to carry on, are you? We're not yeah. going to carry on with something that is isn't fit for purpose. Yeah. If when, and when you th- when you when you think how much um, emphasis we give to to clients about be, maybe able to being able to read your dog's cues, you've just added another fifty percent of your workload there because now you've got to be aware that they're reading your cues more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, but you can see how much of an adaptive quality yeah, that yeah. would have mm. been as they've evolved alongside, yeah, yeah. just like you say, Jamie. You know that they are so sensitive to us. Mm-hmm. So sensitive. And now you can see why. Because they've got a specific bit of their brain to help them to process that. Isn't it a pity that you couldn't go back in time, you know? Um, yeah, that'd not, be fun. Yeah, yeah, not like the enchantment under the sea. But not do anything. Everything. Not no. do anything because then you'll change the space-time yeah. continuum yeah. and change the history of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great Scott! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you would possibly want to do is have to find yourself hanging off a town hall clock isn't it, to get yeah. back or anything like that. Anyway. What to get the DeLorean? What, what, I like, what I like about neural architecture and brain development and things like that is it allows adults to listen to a very serious conversation but have part of their head go off in a completely childish tangent to something that's got nothing to do with what you're talking about but suddenly becomes the dominant thought in one's head. I'd like to know the evolutionary advantage. What what I was going to say, in all seriousness, was if you could go back, it would be beneficial, not beneficial, but um, interesting, to be able to run the same experiment with dogs fifteen to 30,000 years ago prior yeah. to them being selected yes. to be able to see is this something that's actually developed alongside you know uh, you know relationships or, with humans or did they or have it, or even, it with wolves. I was just going to say yeah. there is cases all over the world where people have raised wolf puppies yeah. and they're quite domesticated to them Running that same thing with them would be very interesting, mm. wouldn't it? That would be really yeah. good. Actually. I've seen one thing that uh, wolves were better at problem solving than, than domestic dogs. Yeah. Seen, uh, that seen... might come up in a future episode. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Makes yeah. you wonder or not, whether or not dogs have lost that ability. Because we do things for them. Yeah, yeah. 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 if you don't do use it, it, you lose it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's good to do it with wild dogs yeah. as well. I'm not sure that would be particularly ethical because you'd have to bring them in and Yeah, and the amount of actually, you know, wild dogs that will have been 
raised and domesticated they've yeah. been fewer they're not I as wish... desirable as wolves unfortunately people like the fashion statement don't yeah. they I, I wish humans were better at reading dog cues sometimes um, I don't because I would be out of the job <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true that's yeah yeah true. I wish more humans were better at reading dog cues mm. except for the specific amount that you need to be able to continue being solvent yeah yeah that's yeah, it that's exactly it. it that's exactly it <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if dogs can recognise the faces of other dogs. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, I reckon so. But then again, but scent, then, but scent then, is your primary primary thing, isn't it? You probably yeah. it's like I knew you were coming before you arrived anyway. Yeah. At the, at the same time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the telltale cues. Yeah. Conditioning. Associative learning. Yeah. At the same time. At, at the same time. <laughs> Two hours in. Anyway. At the same I think came. <laughs> I think with dogs specifically, it'd be more about individual odours. Because, like, you know, if you get um, a litter of, like, black Labrador puppies, they're literally identical, aren't they? It would take some pretty, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to identify, oh, I'll have that one turn around, but, uh, which one? Do you know what I mean? So I think dogs probably rely on, on other senses. That'd be an interesting thing. It really if would. You if you took a, a, a bitch that had had a litter of pups and you took a photograph of one of the pups and you put it alongside photographs of mm. non, you know, yeah, non pups that aren't hers and see whether or not she, yeah. uh, you know, gravitated towards her own one. That'd be interesting, yeah. wouldn't it, as well? That'd yeah. Cool. This yeah. is all this research that we're throwing out here for yeah. free for people to yeah. think, yeah. Look, all, all you scientists rub your hands together and go, oh, God. But make sure you we've credit us. Hard bit. Don't, cre don't, don't, don't pretend you come up with the concept yourselves. <laughs> we, yeah. we need credit. Hey, I wonder if dogs have a preference for a particular kind of us. I wonder if they can appreciate beauty. I wonder if they go... Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ask him. Uh, hey, that will tell you. Mine, mine, mine can uh, mine can appreciate a sarcastic comment if that helps. <laughs> Do you know like you know like you know like you might have a type as a part, you know, you might think, Oh yeah, I find that kind of look particularly attractive yeah. I wonder if dogs have got the same. <gasps> I wonder if dogs get the ick like I we think do. I think it's more demeanour with dogs, like um a, a lot of um the 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 higher drive bitches we've got that um, that that train at, at the centre, they they don't really gravitate towards anything but Logan, and Logan is by far the most assertive dog that is that is around. But they gravitate towards it. Like, no, I mean humans. I, I, mean I humans. wonder if they if they have a preference for a type of human face. I think they like I think whatever I what, whatever that face like benefits him. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, mm, if the face fits, I think. Yeah. If, I think if, a, if the face is associated with a particular yeah. personality type. Yeah, you or know, past like previously positive yeah. experience yeah. of any kind. Well, we'll be right back after the break. If faces are so important socially, is there any evidence to suggest that they're using them to read us? It's a really good question, and I found some studies looking at this, actually, because it's, it's relevant. I mean, we've we've all had mopey moments, haven't we? And the dog's kind of come up and gone, oh, you know, and tried to give us a bit of a nuzzle. Go away, you caused it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 your yeah. fault. <laughs> Get back under the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> In your box. <laughs> there is research that found that dogs can recognise emotions in okay. humans as well. Um, one study that I found presented dogs with pictures of human and dog faces, and they paired them with a voice sound either from that same person or from the dog that either matched the emotion or not. So it's like happy face, happy voice, or angry face, angry voice, uh, or happy face, angry voice. So it was a mismatch, hmm. right? 
Now they found that dogs looked much longer at the face that was matched appropriately with the emotion in the voice. So they recognised that yeah, happy face matches the happy voice. That bit's right. That computes. So it was clear they could discriminate both visually. And through sound,、mm. you know, so they could definitely recognise that. And recognising an, an emotion is a really important、mm. factor in maintaining a relationship, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It is because、yeah. you understand then how that person is feeling and what the expected response from you、mm. is, or how you can help、mm. in that situation. So, you know, it's it's really crucial.、And、the fact again, it blows my mind. They can、mm. do this with humans. On they this, can do it with us.、It's, on this particular subject, that sounds so good. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, technically they can't. Yeah, yeah, they, they can. They, yeah. they can with wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not humans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on this particular subject, I'd like to ask for a little bit of audience participation because when we were having the meeting about what 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 subjects we were going to cover in this season,、um, I said to you, "Did nice up that I'm going to try this with all my、yeah. dogs and see what happens." Now, despite what the research says, I was honest to God. If people would have walked past my training centre, <laughs> I've got every dog, and I'm going, "Heal!" Like trying to smile at them, and then I'm going, and, and yeah, and then I'm going, "Good boy, good boy," like this. My dogs did not change their behaviour towards me. They stayed giddy, looking at me, and they didn't change. But they're really well trained. They are though, really well they? trained. So if you've got just your average pet dog, let's. Have a bit of craziness on the go. Let's see you try this with your dog. Say happy commands with a frowny face, or or I wouldn't advise you to scold your dog. Really,、no. let's just stick with happy commands with a frowny face, and tag us in the dog scholar on all social media platforms, and let's see if your dogs、yeah. play the game. That'd be really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah something really that、good. I think is really really interesting from this as well, or a bigger question that comes from it is if the dog is able to look at your face and match the face to the tone or to the emotion. Surely, doesn't that lead on to suggest that dogs possess emotional states that they're able to sort of like link the two together? If I if I have no concept of happiness, no concept of sadness, anger,、um, no concepts of emotion, I wouldn't be able to do that. Surely, so surely, in order for me to be able to match your physical features with a sound associated with pleasure or anger. That must mean that I also possess the ability to have those emotions and to be able, or to, at least, or、together. at least break them down. Yeah, or yeah, some yeah. sort of rudimentary form. So, I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not some sort of like machine box、yeah. type. Are know, we all? Just, are、yeah. we all? Is that what all our brains are? Or、yeah. they might be linking that particular with, emotion that they recognise with an outcome that they've、yeah. experienced as a result of that. Yeah. So it could be a purely associative. Mechanism, after all, it could be that I'm、yeah. linking that with that, with that, but they just have a particular part of their brain dedicated to processing that quickly because it's、yeah. like a shortcut. And we'll only、know. have to just let enough time elapse and and science to evolve to find out the answers. So、mm. tune in for season 146 of the Dogs Club. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Well, now we know this stuff, and there's some really interesting science around it. What can we do practically to help us? Now we have that knowledge. Well, I think it's safe to say it's it's extremely important to have a face. Invisible men don't have dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All women. All women. <laughs> yeah. yeah.、Uh, well, there's a big there's a big problem with discrimination against invisible women, so we have to be careful there. <laughs> is there a film or a book of the Invisible Woman? There,、uh, right. Well, they, the I guarantee they will be soon. There is a book. <laughs> there will be now. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is a book called Invisible Women. I've read it. It's really good. But if you're unfortunate enough to not have a face, don't feel like you can't have a dog. <laughs> 
on a serious note, dogs are always re- reading your auntie. So, you know, again, just be mindful of the interactions you're having with your dog. It's very easy for human beings to displace emotions. So you might have been having, you know, a bit of a bit of a lover's tiff or had a bad day at work. Just remember how you're conducting yourself around your dog matters. They're always reading you. Yeah, it's a really good point. Really helpful practical advice there. I for one am very glad I have a face. <laughs> I'm grateful for my face. I mean, you make do with what you've got. We're we're all grateful for your face, Danny. Should we have some listener questions? Yeah, why not? Let's kick off with the questions. We've got a fantastic one here, which happens to be a bit of an ick of mine, this question. And the question is, my dog goes mad when he sees people wearing hats. I've no idea why. Is it possible that something happened in his past when someone in a hat, and he with someone in a hat, and he now recognises them? Now, if I can just say why this is a bit of an ick of mine. Obviously, we're going to answer the question. Thank you for sending the question in. For, for me, this, this is one of those things where a dog does something. So, and just as this happened here, beautiful example of it, as a brilliant question in that, in that sense, um, we automatically think that the dog is responding to a particular a- a aspect of the environment. So in this case, it's the person wearing a hat. And then our, our natural response is to jump to something bad must have happened in the dog's past associated with hats and you see it with tall men men generally this is this is a sort of like it's almost like a um like a, a fable that mm-hmm. that has become embedded in dog owning culture of things that your dog may find or, or you know to may, may be wary of or may find um unpleasant or fearful tall men men with hats men with beards men with umbrellas you know and all these sort of things that they sound like they came from some 1800s you yeah, know yeah. Uh, vision yeah, or <laughs> vision of um you know like like urban england or yeah. s- sort of thing but sometimes it could just be the person that the dog's responding to and they happen to be wearing a hat or it could be that we see the person wearing the hat and we think my dog doesn't like people wearing hats yeah. he's going to kick off we get a he bit doesn't tense, like them yeah. yeah so we act differently which what we've discussed before don't we C- can transfer to the dog and say, oh, this is the signal for this behaviour. Towards the person with the hat. Um, any re- Well, we don't know if there's any research on that because that isn't something that we've gone there. I actually had had a dog like this. So when I was rough sleeping, my dog Menace absolutely hated coppers. And then that generalised to anyone wearing a hat he got mad at. And I know exactly why it was. It's because at that time, frankly, whenever I'd have an experience with an officer... It was a negative one. They were moving us along. They were telling us not to sleep in that shop doorway. Yeah, so everything was irate. Everything, yeah, yeah. It was a heated exchange. So he would anticipate, uh, he would anticipate an antagonistic interaction, Mm -hmm. potentially. But then that generalised and he hated anyone in a hat. Most of the time, anyone then. Yeah, most of the time. I don't doubt that, you know, you know, um, singular learning events can happen or multiple learning events where. Oh, this is definitely multiple. Where where, where something is, is, is present and that triggers a response. Um, I'm, I'm I'm more with, with, with Jamie on that one in the sense that most people who come to me with these problems, it's not actually a problem. It's them given, given a cue, but I'm, I'm definitely. I don't rule out the possibility that it would trigger. What another thing that, that kind of icks me like that is the whole. This dog's aggressive. That dog's been abused and mistreated. That that I've in in over ten years of professional dog training, I've never had a human aggressive dog come to me as a byproduct of being abused. They've always been mollycoddled and loved. Do you know what I mean? Well, we, it's a misconception. We just we just naturally equate that to something, don't we? Yeah, and I think part of being 
human is you want to find answers. You can't yeah, yeah. just, you can't. Oh, no, we need we, answers. We, we have a question. Yeah. We have to label it as something, don't we? We well, have to understand. Science, yeah. isn't it? You know, but, but, the, but the whole thing of, yeah, like you say, I can't just accept that, oh, my dog barked at the person, the person had a hat on. Um, I have to think why, and then I have to come up with, I never saw my dog have a terrible experience with a person with a hat on. So the answer to your question is it's impossible to say yeah, yeah. whether or not it's that the dog had a yeah, terrible yeah. experience with a person with a hat on. Um, my personal mean? my personal uh, experiences from, I'll give you an example. So I would be bending, in fact, I can see it in, in my mind's eye at the moment, is I was bending down stroking a person's dog who I was working with, who I just just met, you know, to start the training session with. And the person said, that's unusual. And I said, why? And she said, because he normally hates men. And it was a sort of like, well, something's wrong. Either I've got some magical power that makes all dogs love me, or the belief that your dog hates all men is incorrect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so some, some, somewhere along the line, I think it's beneficial to sort of test it and yeah. see how different people come up to your dog with different hats on and or walk by your dog and see what your dog does. Have people approach you, have people walk past you, you know, have people come from behind and walk in front of you and see if your dog, A, responds to all people that are wearing hats, responds at all, or responds to people who are wearing hats only in certain situations, as in yeah. coming forward. Yeah, yeah. Really, really interesting little, yeah, as long yeah. as you're safe, you know, as long as yeah. your dog's not liable to want to bite somebody, but a nice little interesting self-study that you can do to answer your own question. Give yeah. it a go. Okay, second question, nice and short and sweet. Is it true that dogs are colourblind? No. Mm. They do struggle to see orange on a green background, mm. don't they? Yeah. That's yeah. A it's one. a big uh, gun dog thing when you're uh, you're advanced from dummies to end up orange dummies in the grass, so mm. they're using their nose more. Yeah. Well, their yeah. eyes are different to human eyes, so they certainly see colour differently to yeah, us. Yeah. There are two main types of cell in the eyes. You have rods and you have cones. Now, rods detect light levels and motions, and whereas cones differentiate between colours. Now, human eyes have cones that can differentiate between uh, red, blue and green. We've got three types of cones, whereas dogs have only got two. So they can only discern blue and yellow. So they see completely differently from that perspective, but it's not true to say they're completely Mm -hmm. colourblind. But whilst we might have more cones, dogs have more rods. So they're better at seeing in low light than us and better at identifying moving objects than us. Very good. From a pet owner's perspective, you identify which colours they see. Think about that with young young dogs that aren't necessarily skilled in their senses yet. You know, if you're throwing orange balls in the grass, they might struggle to find them and you might think there's something wrong, but that's completely fine. Mm. So choose colours more favourable to their genetics. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And likewise, if you throw in colours that the dog can see as a young dog yeah. and then they struggle to go out and try and find something or bring something back that's a colour that they can't Absolutely. see later on, just be yeah. aware of the fact that that may may well be why it is. Yeah. yeah. Danny, do you fancy a nick? I'll give you a nick. I'll give you a nick. We've got John from Cockshoot Close. I'd, I'd love to live there. I'd love putting that on a form. John says... People who take bitches in season to a park and then get upset when other people with male dogs have recall failures. Mm, got a few things going on here. Mm. You shouldn't have a recall failure. Recall means recall. But at the same time, you do need to be more careful when um, you have got bitches in season. Mm. Um, There's no way that I've, I've got, you know, 
well, cracking recoil over my dogs, but I wouldn't take one of my bitches if they were in no. season or when they were in season no. to a park where no. there were other dogs. I wouldn't no. have them off the it lead. Can, yeah, it can massively increase the risk of male-on-male aggression when a bitch is in season. Mm. You need to be aware of that. Um, I It's a no-go on classes and training. I will not have a bitch in season on there because it's it's one surefire way to fire up a dog fight. You know, you have mm. to be more responsible. Mm. But it's also something that a lot of new dog owners just do not know. They do not know what's going on when, when, when a bitch is in season and, you know, how it can, how it can change the way male dogs around them behave. Yeah. Mm. It's funny, actually. When we got Red, Red is Mike's first bitch. And when she had her first season, he came in, he was like, Sab, mm. Sab, something's happened to the dog. Yeah. There, there's blood everywhere. Oh, God. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me draw you a picture about the biology of a dog. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just females. <laughs> yeah. Let me just, um, let me just make another point as well. If. <laughs> Poor yeah. Mike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. Let me, let me just make find Mike. Just give us a shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let, I just want to make another point on that. Um, when you've trained a recall to the point of what we call a condition response, meaning the dog just reacts to the command, there really shouldn't be any any margin for questioning that command. If you were to do something that you were really into, or dare I say, aroused by, and someone shouted "duck." You wouldn't avoid the reflex of duck because you were into that thing. You would respond because that is a conditioned response. The best and most solid recall is trained to the point of a conditioned response. The dog's not making a conscious decision to choose the behavior. It's a reflex action. So your recall still should be, you know, it, it shouldn't fail. Ick me again. Oh, yeah, there's another Ick, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca from <laughs> Bell End near Licky End. Honestly, honestly, Google it. Okay, Rebecca says, people who say, I know my dog won't come back every time, but it's good for dogs to have a run and be a dog. Jamie. They're they're two separate statements. Absolutely. They're two separate statements. It's good for a dog to have a run and be a dog. 100% agree. I know my dog won't come back every time. 100% disagree. That's something that you need to work on to make sure that your dog does come back every time if you are going to be able to provide the opportunity for your dog to be a dog and have a run. You know, they're, they're yeah. not, the, the, the two, the two yeah. points there are just, I agree, it, w- it yeah, would yeah. be something that I think is a, well, it's a nonsensical statement and it's a dangerous statement because yeah. your dog can get into all ma- manner of bother yeah. if it doesn't come back when you call it. And what you'll get, uh, you know, um, I'm not putting, putting anybody down here. This isn't a dig at anybody whatsoever. But That's my you, job. If you, if you talk to people, Talk to people and ask them about certain behaviours. So say you say a recall, does your dog recall? Yeah, 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've got 95% recall. Okay, so you've got 100% failure. Because the only time that that's really going to matter is the 5% of the time when the dog doesn't do it. Yeah. And that's something that people really, really need to be aware of. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to be able to have true control over your dog, to be able to give them a full run around and let them really, really enjoy themselves safely, you know, so they're not problematic for other dogs, for other animals, for other people, so that you stay within social expectations, so you stay within the Animal Welfare Act, so you stay within legal demands that yeah. are placed upon you to be able to control your dog. It is Probably, no, not even probably, it is the most important behaviour of all that you can get your dog to come back instantly every single time you call, work with someone. And I just want to add to that quickly. There's a middle ground in between your dog doesn't come back and does, and that is rent yourself a private hire field or simply put your dog on a long line. You can still let your dog run and be a dog 
on a long line and keep you, your dog and everyone else and their dogs safe. 100%. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling suitably icked. We do like it. So please continue to write in with your icks and your questions. Jamie, how can I get in touch? Okay, so if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on social media at Dog Scholar Podcast or you can email podcast at thedogscholar.com. And that's all we've got time for this week, I'm afraid. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please do share it with a friend because if they don't like it, maybe their dogs will. But we do have time for one tiny little bit more. Danny, what's your final thought? Final thoughts, guys. So we've established that dogs can recognise faces and they can even discriminate between 2D and 3D. Amazing. So make sure you have a face. And and even more so, pay attention to what you're doing with that face. (laughs) See you next week.